Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. This episode of On Deck with Stancy is brought to you by Podmetrics. Whether you're a rookie at podcasting or a veteran or a super expert or somebody who's just doing it for fun since we have a little bit more extra time now that we're all stuck at home, you can actually use Podmetrics to know so much more about your show and who you're able to reach. You can get information like who's listening, where they are, what their profiles are like, even their listening habits. Podmetrics can take care of all of that and more so you can focus on creating better content. You can even integrate Podmetrics with Facebook and YouTube so you can get more data from your live streams. So if you're a podcaster or you want to start your own podcast, go check out podmetrics.co. Once again, that is podmetrics.co and sign up for free. So whether you've got hundreds of episodes under your belt or you're trying to figure out how to get from episode 1 to episodes 2, 3, 4, 100, 150, and beyond, Podmetrics can help you get to know your show and your listeners that much better. You can check it out today and sign up at podmetrics.co. Once again, that's podmetrics.co. And you can use my referral code on deck. that's O-N-D-E-C-K, just one word, and you can get a head start into the wonderful world of Podmetrics. Welcome to On Deck. My name is Stan C, and this is a podcast about radio personalities, radio DJs, radio hosts, radio presenters, however you want to call us, and the stories behind the people behind the mics. It's been a while since my last episode, and it's been a rough couple of months for me. So I hope that whatever you're going through during this pandemic, that you're able to handle it well. And that you've been able to survive, man, because it's just been a really tough time for all of us. And I know that being productive is a challenge in and of itself. So if you're doing what you can to just get the job done, to get the work done, to get through it day by day, then I salute you and I encourage you to keep going. It's been a while since I last got to do this, so I was really excited to get back on track. And what I did for this episode was... I reached out to somebody who had a successful career in radio and then went on to have an even more successful career outside of the radio industry. When I get to introducing him properly, you'll hear that I refer to him as a mentor. And when I say that, it's because he's been very generous with his time and resources to pretty much everybody in the voiceover industry. His name is Robbie Joseph, and if you're a hardcore fan of radio, you may remember him as Robbie the Rascal on Wave 89.1 or on 99.5 RT from the mid-2000s. These days, however, he's most known as the voice of Nickelodeon and as one of the founders of Vocalliance, an association of voice artists that seeks to professionalize and standardize the voiceover industry. It's a fun conversation about Robbie's career both in radio and in the voiceover industries, And what's more important here, at least what my takeaway was, that Robbie Joseph is one generous man. And when I say generous, that is an understatement because 
Well, I'm gonna let you hear it for yourself because it'll be a recurring pattern in his story. So without further ado, Robbie Joseph is on deck. Really excited to get on deck back on track. And this is a guest that I've gotten to know over the last couple of years when I started to take the voice industry as a career choice really more seriously. I consider him a mentor as he is to a lot of us in the local voiceover industry. But even before he, you know, went full-time into voice acting, he's been in radio. You may have heard his voice on stations like 99.5 RT before they reformatted to Play FM and Wave 89.1 before its current incarnation. Welcome to the show, Robbie Joseph. Hey, thanks for having me here. It's a deep honor. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just really happy that you were able to squeeze time in for me because I understand that your schedule has been busy, but even while we've all been stuck at home. Well, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, this is not the only thing I'm doing. I mean, voiceover at least. Uh, I'm juggling several other jobs, I guess. So... <laughs> Yeah, uh, with, with everything in flux and a lot of businesses and jobs basically up in the air, what's been keeping you busy? Well, okay, so voice acting is my main source of income, but I also work for my family business. We have a chain of liquor stores, wine shops called uh, Ralph's, if you've ever heard of it. And um, yes, I'm I a have. director of, of Philippine Wine Merchants, which is the mother company. And so we had to make the, the migration online. You know, we had to move our business online because of what was happening and you know that <laughs> that came with a lot of hiccups so you know um, a lot of headaches and it's we're, we're still experiencing them so there's still a lot of work for us to do but you know that was keeping me busy for 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 a while and continues to uh, I, I handle creatives and marketing in the company so creating a campaign plan, all that kind of stuff. It's, you know, writing, doing a lot of copywriting and 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 other stuff, you know, just conceptualizing. So that's that's kept me busy as well. And then, of course, work with the association, um, uh, Vocal Alliance, you know, just really trying to set things up for our eventual evolution. There's a there's a grand plan <laughs> that we hope will materialize in the next few months and then apart from that i'm, I'm also in other organizations like bni uh, bni is business networking international where we pass referrals to each other we're a whole bunch of business owners and professionals and we we help each other flourish even during these uh, these times you know of covid and by passing referrals and passing business to each other so it's 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 like having like a whole bunch of people marketing for your for you for, for free <laughs> and i've gotten quite a number of jobs also as a voice talent from there and so yeah and then apart apart from that i'm also a member of asap uh, which is the advertising on the board of directors of asap it's a advertising suppliers association of the philippines and then i'm also part of jci manila <laughs> so <laughs> That's a pretty comprehensive CV. Like, I was just surprised hearing about, you know, everything that's on your plate. I I guess one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you is because you're somebody who uh, spent a lot of time in the radio industry, but you were able to transition and parlay that into so much more. And I think for a lot of people who listen to the radio, there's there's this misconception that, oh, yeah, you know, you you radio DJs, you have it easy. You come into work three, four (laughs) hours a day, and then after that, you're done. (laughs) 
what the hell else are you doing? And clearly, for someone like you, you've broken the mold. Or broken that, that can't be further, further from the truth, to, to tell you quite frankly. One of the reasons why I, I left you know, radio, well, for the most part, was because the job was becoming more and more demanding. And, the, well, the pay wasn't as good. It's, it's, not, as, it's not a luxurious job, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, it's um, not. Right? It's, a lot of people think that with, with the celebrity status of being a, a DJ comes many other benefits. And, and that's, well, at least in my, in my experience, that wasn't the case. But I did enjoy. I, I really did enjoy my, my time as a DJ. It opened a lot of doors. It was a great takeoff point for many of the things that I'm doing today. And so there's a lot that I'm very, very grateful for. So, yeah. I want to start with how this all began for you. What, what was your origin story in radio? I, I started as a, the front man of uh, my band, okay, the Acafellas. We, we used to tour the Philippines. We sort of became a thing for a while, I guess. we. Oh, I remember. We, <laughs> we managed a certain level of success in the music industry and that was great moderate i'd say moderate success (laughs) so yeah at at the time you know our shows were being sponsored by the different radio stations and then there was one time that i got noticed by one of the station managers of wave and i uh recorded a plug to promote our concert over at wave and then i was asked to audition as a dj because apparently they said that i had a a, a decent enough sounding voice. I, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> I, but they said I had potential. There you go. Let's just leave it at that. And Do you so remember would, what year that was? That was around 2003, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, early on in... Yeah, so, in, so Wave was early on in its hip-hop format. Right, right. The R&B, hip-hop. What, what is it now? You Has put it R&B and hip-hop okay, with well, a little, okay, little bit right. of pop you know, mixed in between now. So yeah, mostly right. still the same. Okay, that's that's good to hear. Stuck to their guns. That's smart. Okay, anyway, so I was I was also offered to join Magic, but Wave kind of invited me first, and they had been sponsoring our shows, and had already sort of developed a relationship with the jocks and and the rest of the crew. So my loyalty was gravitating towards them at the time. <laughs> You know, but I really wanted to join Magic because, I mean, in, in uh, that was the uh, radio station of my childhood. I, I was listening a lot to RT, Magic, NU107. I was a big fan, big fan of radio. And it always had, it was always my dream to become a DJ. I was, I was uh, you know, growing up, I was so fascinated by the job. Just, just listening to these guys with golden voices and it was a ritual for, for me just to listen to them every morning. And I remember when I was like eight or nine years, I used to listen to KCFM. I, I used to listen to, uh, who was he? I think it was, it was super Mitch <laughs> at the time. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers that name anymore. I remember Although the station still, though. Like I remember. Yeah. Yeah. He's still a, he's still a force to be reckoned with in the, in the voiceover industry. That's for sure. Mitch Amurao, that's, um, he's also part of the core group of, of Oak Alliance. And anyway, so, you know, I used to, I used to call up the radio stations in the morning because they used to have this thing called uh, joke time. <laughs> so I was this grade schooler thinking that my, my jokes were, were great. <laughs> you know, I, was, I, I probably was in grade three or four 
at the time and and I used to call up every morning and and share my jokes <laughs> and I I uh I I know this was radio and I know this was over the phone but I could I could almost I could almost hear the eye rolls every time I I submitted a joke, but you know, I mean, that's I I loved it so much, and you know, it was a it was a dream. It was a dream for me to to become one, but I was always so scared because I had a bit of a a speech impediment. I I, I would stutter a lot, <laughs> and I still do nowadays. You know, when when I get a little nervous, I I tend to stutter and and forget words and stuff like that and lose my train of thought and I get so scatterbrained and so you know it, it that's not that's that's a recipe for disaster when you're a DJ yeah. <laughs> as, as you might know right so mm-hmm. clarity is is super important being able to uh, talk and not have to have any dead air that kind of thing so <laughs> I was always never confident about my ability to extemporaneously speak (laughs) so so um you know a lot of my a lot of my ad libs i I remember even in the beginning i had to write everything down i had to script my entire i had to script my entire show from the moment i i opened my mouth it was it was something i was i was reading and i i i trained myself to make it sound as natural as possible (laughs) But did you ever get any heat for that? Because radio has always been natural in the sense that dapat unscripted. So for like an old school vet to come in and see, oh, look at this guy. He's got scripts and spiels written down. Was that something that was perceived negatively? Not really. I, you know, as as long as it wasn't obvious, I guess, I I, I really did my, my best to make everything sound as natural as, as possible. Like, like you wouldn't have known that I was reading from a script right now, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Huh. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I know you're kidding, but like, I, I mean, I get it because like, you're a vet at this point and like, you know your way around acting naturally or sounding naturally, but no, I, I guess when you're starting out, I think it's more obvious. No, in, in the beginning, I mean, definitely I was, I was, uh, I was doing a lot of ad lib, especially when when we would engage in conversations with each other. I mean, that's something that you can't really script. After all, I was always on the show with a, a partner, and you know, of course, we'd we'd start talking to each other about certain topics, and things go we we go on tangents, and all of those things you can't really anticipate in in a, a real conversation. But many of my many of my openers, many of my close closers they were all scripted so you know and 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 timed <laughs> so yeah so you know the this this whole notion of of being able to fit everything within a certain time frame before the mute before the lyrics kick in and all that, that that's an art form in itself and yep. you know that's what i found quite difficult in the beginning and so so and and you know the the, the kind i i did get a lot of good training but i I think I found better training online. I, I used to, I used to spend oh man, man, I used to spend thousands of dollars just on on education, on voiceover education, on on all things radio, <laughs> on on advertising and and stuff. I used to pay for webinars from the states, and I used to just wow. gobble it all up because I, I I really I really wanted to learn as quickly as I could because I was pretty much thrown into the fire from the get go. So when I joined radio, 
they uh, had me train for about a month and then said, okay, you're doing the morning show. Hi guys, my name is Francesca. And you've got me, Jelly. You've got Del here. All right, so we hear that you like to listen to podcasts. You know what? That is pretty cool. It's the in thing to do right now. And we've got one. It's called The Eavesdrop. Do check it out, okay? We like to talk about everything and anything that's probably on your mind. Um, unfiltered, unedited, <laughs> sometimes to our own disadvantage. But go check it out after <laughs> listening to this one. Wow. So that that scared me. That scared me big time. I, I yeah, I can imagine. I didn't know what, I, uh, for context, uh, if if you're not someone who's familiar with how uh, radio schedules work, if you're on the morning show, that's basically the main event. Correct. So they're basically basically throwing me to the lions, and they were ex- they 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 had high hopes for me. They they thought I had a lot of potential, but there was a lot of pressure. So. You know, well, it wasn't a month after I just I realized it wasn't exactly a month after I joined. They had they had um, I had bounced from one show to another doing, I think, pretty much every time slot except for graveyard shift. And and when people <laughs> if, if people know how radio works, they understand that you always start as a, you know, in the graveyard shift. Right. Yep. I, I don't know if you you went through that as well but that's sort of like a rite of passage i kind of did yeah yeah and so i didn't have i didn't have the luxury of doing that and that's that's uh that's usually the the opportunity for you to make all the mistakes you you mm-hmm. can without getting in trouble with the bosses and so i had to make sure that i was performing at a certain level early on and I don't know if I succeeded in that department. I fumbled a lot. I made a lot of mistakes, even on air. And, you know, but it was, it was fun. It was, it was, uh, there was a lot of pressure, but I, I, I tried to be as graceful about it as possible. <laughs> Do you remember who was training you at the time? Like, uh, who, who was supervising you? And who were the other jocks at Wave on their in their lineup uh, at the time that you joined them? George, DJ George. Who else? Uh, Pam Ilagan was also training me. Oh, pretty much all of them. Because, I mean, they what they did was they, they paired me up with different people to see what kind of chemistry um, yeah. I'd, I'd be able to develop with, uh, with them. And... And then all, and then all of a sudden, this this guy comes in. He he joined in a little bit after I did. Uh, his name was Don Puno, and he had been fresh out of MTV. He was a VJ. He had won the VJ hunt. He was an MTV VJ for for a good year or so, and then he wanted to he wanted to make the jump to radio. And we kicked things off right away. I mean, the guy, uh, he and I, we we had similar backgrounds. We um, even the way we spoke was was quite similar and uh, same interests and and all that and it was like love at first sight <laughs> to, to be quite frank and that's when you know um, you found that partner yeah 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 so so we we hit it off right away and then and then the station manager was like hey what's 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 going on here let's uh, experiment <laughs> and then so they put us together and we started doing the morning show and it worked because 
after a year, we became the the highest rated morning show in radio, and we beat we <laughs> we even beat Magic at the at that time. And right. I remember it was it was uh, I think I think Joey and Miles were uh, was the morning show over at Magic at the time, and and we were we were able to trump them. And that was a that was a huge accomplishment, and and deserved an, a bump in our our salary, which we demanded right after, <laughs> and we got it. Because <laughs> um, at the time, I think we were only that's making, a big victory. I, <laughs> it wasn't a big bump. Uh, it was a, it was a little tap, more, more like it. Uh, we are I think we were being paid at the time, and and this is this is where where we try to demystify, you know. Um, yes, yes, uh, please. Those, I was about to ask this. I don't know. Are, are we allowed to talk about this? <laughs> oh yeah. Does it really matter? Yeah, um, yeah does it doesn't matter. No, I don't think it matters. Yeah, because I mean, we were making maybe like less than twelve thousand a month, you know, as 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 a uh, as new jocks, and so we. We asked for an increase, and they they brought it up to fifteen. <laughs> so that was that was that was awesome for us at the time. We we were like you know just making it rain now, yeah, spending it all on like chippy, <laughs> spending all our hard earned cash on on uh, you know three and one. <laughs> Jeez, did, did you guys have radio names? Because uh, that was a time that everybody had to have like a cool sounding radio name. Or did you guys go by you know your, your given names, the names that people called you if they knew you in real life? Okay, so yeah, you know, growing up, I was I was called Robbie the Rascal, and so I, I carried that over in my uh, you know as as my radio name. Robbie the Rascal is based on a cartoon, an anime that I used to watch because it you know because of my namesake yeah it was just this one little cartoon japanese cartoon and it, i don't know i don't even know if it was any good <laughs> i just remember uh-huh. watching it as a kid and so I, I thought hey you know what i'm a bit of a rascal you know i'm i'm kind of uh like that and and so i i i took it on and and i became robbie the rascal on air and then don don was papa don so so <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't remember why. <laughs> I think it was because he had just. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, okay. Now I know, he had just become a father when when he started radio, and so so he became Papa Don, and yeah, that was our that was our show. We we had I don't know if we had a. Oh yeah, our the name of our show, over at Wave was was called it was called Static Interference. Okay. Wow. So, yeah. So the, and and. and I, I'm trying to remember why we we named it thus. I I, th- I think was it because the signal wasn't that good. <laughs> possibly, possibly. Oh, is is that is that a constant problem for for wave up to now? <laughs> uh, it was for a while, yeah, up until okay, like a couple months ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> that could have been. That, it. That's my um, educated guess, for lack of a better term. <laughs> that could have been it. Also, we weren't really sure if if anybody. W- wanted to listen to the show we were very we were fresh we were greenhorns we were such noobs at the time and and so listening to static interference might have been a better alternative (laughs) you know that you mentioned you guys were green and that you know you were doing the morning show with not a lot of experience under your belt what type of preparations did you have to do to you know be able to put on the best morning show possible you know what we don't even know because Everything was just, you know, we, we, we were experimenting all the time. We, 
we, we were trying out different different segments. We did a lot of acting, I guess. Maybe there was an allure, a, char- a certain charm to that. We we had a whole bunch of different segments, like the 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 crack of dawn. Okay, so that was <laughs> it was like the morning joke, and dawn always just picked some of the best jokes. It was it was what he opened with. So you, you understand the you know the play on words there, right? <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. I'm, I'm, just, I'm kidding. So <laughs> you know, and he was he was so good at at delivering those those jokes and and so people like really look forward to it every morning so that became a thing i guess i don't know we really don't understand why the ratings had gotten so hot because we weren't doing anything special so you know i mean there were i guess there were a few things we were we were doing a lot of we were doing a lot of like scenes from from movies and we we had a lot of dissenters also we had some trolls uh, people who didn't really like us very much because they thought we were misogynistic, which is so far from the truth. I'm a simp. But it's a no, character that you guys played on air, right? Yeah, I mean, we were, yeah, pretty much. I, uh, we were just playing ourselves. It was, it was, there was nothing, there was nothing really, I don't know. I, I really don't understand. Uh, we, we used to just do the news. We, um, and, and we did some commentary on it, on, on the news. And uh, that was pretty much all we ever did. You know, I, we played more music. I mean, that was always the format. And so maybe that had something to do with it as well. But really, we just we were shocked as we were just as shocked by the by the ratings as our as our bosses. <laughs> and, and that didn't last very long, though, because uh, not long after that, Mo Twister came back to the Philippines and started yeah. his morning show. And, <laughs> and in good times. And uh, there was this. Yeah, and there was this huge vacuum <laughs> in terms of our listenership, <laughs> and uh, that's that was fine at, at the time. Also, I was starting to get really busy with work, and so and so I had to leave. My 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 dad had he had gotten cancer, and so he wanted me to focus more on the family business, and so I guess I was we we I we exited Don and I we we exited radio or wave at the time you know while we were still ahead <laughs> we left while that's we were still ahead. actually not a bad strategy yeah uh, you know getting out while you're on top what, what year was this do you remember like exactly what point and how many Something years like were you into the industry maybe 2006 or, or i can't quite recall now i i think it was around 2006 or so because was it I hard, th- like detaching since you know it had been a daily routine and you guys had uh, had some form of success then a man yeah, you, gosh, you know, I felt bad. Of course, I mean, I had, I had gotten, I had grown to really love waking up in the morning and, and uh, you know, making fools of ourselves. <laughs> we didn't really have. A, I don't. I don't really know if we had a, a, a fan base or anything like that. I remember going through Pinoy Exchange at one point, which was like the like the message boards you know, for, for radio at the time or for pretty much yeah, anything. Basically Reddit before Reddit. Yeah, before Reddit. Yes, exactly. And, you know, there were a lot of people who, who really enjoyed the show. Um, I still don't know what, what was so appealing about it, except maybe, I don't know, maybe people liked our personalities. <laughs> yeah, or, or the antics that you guys had on air. Or, yeah, yeah, perhaps. You know, we, we got the, we got, what are the other highlights that I remember? I don't know, I guess getting to, 
interview artists was it was a cool thing as well i mean i'm sure you've you've interviewed a whole lot of international c- celebrities i i know you mm-hmm. posted that that one thing about because you're you're big on wrestling and everything right yes yeah, yeah that, that was that's that's so cool and, and so that was something i really enjoyed about the job just getting to talk to people like jason raz alicia keys mm-hmm. you know Having really and this nice was the early to mid 2000s, yeah. like right as they were coming coming into the mainstream. Right, and, and Don was, I think, producing some concerts also as well. I think he brought in Usher at the time, and and so we got to and and David, uh, what's his name? The two Davids from uh, American Idol. David Cook and David Archuleta. David, yeah, right, right. So he he produced that concert as well, and and so we were we were. Oh wait, but, but I think that was during the the RT days already. That was yeah, because they on. came up uh, late two thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm getting all mixed up with my timeline. Anyway, but yeah, I mean my my tenure in in Wave was short lived, I guess. One thing that I am very thankful for though is that it got me a job over at Nickelodeon. Oh wow! So, How'd that come yeah. about? So back in 2004, they opened, they were opening auditions for continuity announcers, basically, you know, like the station voice, the, in the vernacular of of voice talents, it's the imaging voice. Mm -hmm. So I tried out, I I auditioned and I got the job and I've been the voice of Nickelodeon ever since. So this is blowing my mind because if uh, this happened in 2004, that means your voice was on my TV screens as I was growing up or basically in my teenage years. So I remember watching yeah. Nickelodeon still in my in my teenage years. So, yeah. Yeah, right. I yeah. never oh. would have thought. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've been I've been the voice of Nickelodeon Asia and the Philippines for 16 years and and going and still going. Damn. And it's uh, it was because of of, you know, stint at wave that I was able to to audition so you know really I mean in terms of salary we weren't really getting paid that much but in terms of opportunity it was just opening so many doors uh, yeah. you mentioned launch pad, uh, really. getting getting the notoriety from stuff like Pinoy Exchange and people talking about your show but did that ever transition into real life like did people recognize you on the street or did people go to the station and go hey it's Robbie the Rascal and Papa Don like yeah they, there, they there were quite a wave? few <laughs> so there, there were a lot of people who oh you know what you know what else I think we we did okay so we didn't have a lot of sponsors for the show and so mm-hmm. at the time I was I was buying prizes <laughs> for our listeners i remember we gave no way wow yeah we gave appliances we gave a tv and all that all that other kind of stuff and and so you know like the salary that we'd make i i'd put into prizes because <laughs> we didn't have any sponsors <laughs> and i i don't know i guess that that resonated with people it was it was i mean a lot of and and some of those winners that we had to this day they they still you know, they still say hi to me. Uh, they they still keep in touch, you know? Yeah, because um, they maintain a personal relationship. Not in, because right, that's right. the nature of radio. But it's very personal. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that was that was something, I, I guess. I, I guess. Did your that... family ever get upset? Like, oh, ito na nga lang yung salary from radio. And then you <laughs> yes. uh, uh, <laughs> use that to, like, buy appliances as prizes. Like, what right, are you doing yeah. with your life? Blah, blah, blah. Did you ever get that? 
Yeah, yeah. I, I thought at the, I mean, there were, it, it was only in the beginning. So eventually we did get sponsors, you know, to, so so we didn't have to pay for prizes anymore out of our own pockets. But, but you know, that was a, that was a way to, I, I thought, I thought that was the way to get more people to, to be interested in the show. And, you know, I, I, later on, I realized, oh, you know what, it just, we, I mean, it was, I think it was a, it, it was a nice act on on our parts to 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 do that but was it necessary i don't know you know um but it, it was it was fun because i mean we were re- we really i i'm a i'm a very giving person i guess i i i i um i i i i think i think i think of other people before i think of myself in in a way so uh-huh. yeah this is Majalan Fitalino. I am an entrepreneur and I am the host of Love Printers, a podcast where we talk about people who run businesses and projects out of passion and love. Catch our lovely guests and I as we discuss steamy topics and challenges in fighting for what you love. Available in all major podcast platforms. See you at Love Printers. So yeah, I, it's very weird because like this is the first time I've heard of of somebody who actually spent for their own prizes. So this is a, uh, a very yeah. unique perspective, I guess, and it's blowing my mind right now as we speak. Like, wow, I I never would have thought that somebody would think now. Oh, you know what? Uh, to get more, to get sponsors. Because we wanted to do like we wanted to do contests, right? But we didn't have anything to yeah. give away. So, and we wanted to make it special, and so you know we had. It's not that we yeah, didn't have any other choice. It's, you know, so so yeah. I remember giving a TV to a, um, jeez, a TV to a Lola who <laughs> who had never had one. You know, I mean, she had. Oh wow. She she had just always ever had like a a radio to listen to her uh, daytime dramas, uh, radio dramas, and you know this 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 one listener that we had, she really wanted to give it as a prize and so yeah we <laughs> we we bought a tv and gave it away and so yeah uh stuff like that <laughs> right I, I don't know if we spent how did you guys you you, you guys left wave right, uh, right mm-hmm. around the same time the mo twister was coming up so mm-hmm. how much time did you spend away from radio and aside from your uh your stint with nickelodeon what else was keeping you busy at the time I was doing a lot of well at the time I was uh, I was doing a lot of commercials already. I was doing stuff in house and then I got picked up by Ad Farm. And Ad Farm was this um production house in Makati that was run by one of the jocks from from RT, Jerry Magnaya. And this guy, you know, he was he was my mentor pretty much in terms of, of voice acting. He he pretty much showed me the ropes. And I have so much to be thankful, you know, for he played such a a vital role in my development as a as a voice talent. He he's discovered a lot of talents over the years and a lot of people attribute their careers to to him. And and so yeah, he, he got me my some of my first jobs and because of because of my work there, I got to file my voice in other studios like like Hit 
and and sound design at the time and and so yeah things were starting to take off and yeah for for people who don't know uh when you're when you're a dj and you do commercials in-house the pay is is a fraction of what you'd get outside of of radio right yep so if you're getting a like if 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 you were doing a commercial for say like fifteen thousand pesos, uh, like a thirty seconder would be like fifteen thousand pesos. Over the station, you'd get maybe two thousand. And a thank you. <laughs> and a yeah, a pat on the back. <laughs> and a thumbs so from, up. So from from that yeah. time on, like how how long did it take before you found yourself back in radio? Within a few months, I guess. <laughs> wow, so it's not too bad. So like, uh, no, you yeah, found yourself I, back on RT at this point. Well, I don't know if it was, wait, maybe, maybe half a year, perhaps, something like that. So uh, RT was reformatting at the time. They had become Hit FM. So, or at least they were planning on, on reformatting. And yeah. and so they, they picked me up. Eventually, they picked up Dawn when, when they reverted to... Uh, RT again, and and so I was I was at Hit for about a year. They the DJs were were known as the Hit Squad, which was great because <laughs> I think I think people were still a high on the the usual suspects. I don't know if if, if if that movie came out somewhere around that time. Yeah, and and so you know I, no, I remember that the Mar- came out ninety five. Oh, 95. Okay, so so that was just the peg then. <laughs> uh, but but you know like you know the whole idea of of us being like in a firing line or or uh, you know that that, that was yeah. the whole motif, and uh, not a firing line. And then sorry. there was a pun, um, obviously in a hit squad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was it a firing line or or more of like a, a usual suspects kind of what do they call it where they measure your your height? You mugshot over the precinct. The mug. Well, yeah, something like that. So, so, so yeah, that was that yeah, was so, fun. I mean, we we did we did. I was I was a part of Hit for for I think that was a a year before they reformatted or reformatted to uh, RT. Yeah. Were you still Robbie the Rascal then? And, I was still Rob- uh, when, Yeah, that yeah, that was a name that I still I I still uh, a moniker that I still carried <laughs> over <laughs> even until RT. So I I was pretty much known as Robbie the Rascal all throughout my my very short-lived career as a DJ. <laughs> Wait, I really so when Don Puno came in, he also, uh, like, like you guys just uh, formed, the, got the band back together and then w- did you guys get your morning show uh, back on track yeah. then? Or were you on yeah, we did uh, time slots? Yeah, we, we, had a, we had a morning show and then we, we oh gosh, we, we, did, we did the morning show, we did um, pretty much all the slots. We did 6 to 9, we did 9 to 12, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think we did 9 to 12 in the morning as well. <laughs> Police lineup. There you go, Miguel. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Miguel, the intern, uh, doing us a solid and helping us out. Because both of us Sorry, are this, 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 this is what I'm talking parts. about. I get so scatterbrained. <laughs> no, 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 don't worry about it. So... So you guys went through different time slots then, uh, but did you ever have different partners, or did you get to have a third, uh, a third co-host in your lineup, or were you? Oh yeah, up yeah, with yeah, absolutely. Else? So, so it was just me and Dawn at the time. Uh, prior to me and Dawn, um, I was, I was also, I got hooked up with you know one of the other DJs. Uh, we we had a show called the Great School Coaster. That was an afternoon show from three to 
6 p.m. and it was very it was very different from our old old show because it was it was squeaky clean. <laughs> Don and I were a little bit on the on the naughtier side of things, straddling the line between censorship and freedom of speech. <laughs> what was that like? Trying to uh, figure out um, how to phrase yourself better or to package yourself better. So uh, you know, keeping in mind, oh yeah, I have a different audience. Uh, yeah, yeah, kids yeah. Are listening. Correct. How was kids that? Kids like? listening. So you know, I mean, we were called the Great School Coaster for a for a reason. You know, you're we trying to. We were trying to target the people who are going home from school. Uh, yeah, and it's a school bus. Yeah. And and so, you know, I used my Nickelodeon voice a whole lot, I guess. <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was a, that time slot was, went on for, for a few months. And then we, we switched things up again. Yeah. We were just bouncing all around. We were experimenting. And I, I think, I think that had a, I think that took a toll on on our listenership because we couldn't get the loyalty of of, of people because our shows just kept changing. Yeah. So and radio is all about routine. Right. Correct. And and there was there were a lot of complaints. There were a lot of complaints online because of the way we were just jumping around. And so eventually we, you know, Don Don joined in again. I I I got him to quit his day job again <laughs> and join us uh, and then we we brought we r- resurrected static interference and uh, you know we 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 had a we had a good run together again and it was fun we they pit us against boys night out which was mm-hmm. you know unfortunate <laughs> but we still managed to i think have a good good enough following but then the same same problem started to creep up where my you know uh, I my my duties as you know a member of the company started to started to creep up and I I had to leave again I had to leave radio again and focus on the family business and one of the reasons why I also left was so that I could spend more time becoming a voice actor because that that didn't require as much of a time investment as as being a as being a DJ yeah and, and I think I was at fault also uh, because you know even if we were doing only three hour jobs three hour shows rather I spent an inordinate amount of time <laughs> doing pre-production because we wanted to do something extra special for for the show so we were doing everything from like song parodies uh, skits wow. that we were re- recording and you know I, I I think some of our I think some of our uh, segments were like really really fun and I, I, I wouldn't not so not sure if they were innovative but we were doing the the whole what's in a box what's in the box before that became a thing you know where you have these celebrities put their hands inside a box not yeah. knowing what's inside and, and so we were do- we were doing that like like really early on um, and you guys didn't have the benefit of like live streaming so people couldn't see talaga so um, yeah so if, we if had you're a listener you're relying on the imagination yes yes and so we had to we really had to describe what they were what they were feeling and uh, we were scaring them by describing uh, you know the contents of the box in a very imaginative way <laughs> uh, and you know we were, we were doing stuff like we had a segment called Real Theater where we would act out scenes from different movies and have people guess what the, the movie was. And, you know, they, they'd be 
they'd be these big we had production value because we'd have like sound effects and and music in the background and, yeah so it's way more really, than three hours you were supposed to just put in yeah right uh we we also don and i we like we, because we we sang a bit right we were we were doing this really fun segment called out of tune we'd sing lyrics to the tune of a different song okay the, wow the lyric that's of one hard. song yeah so it was always i mean this needed preparation right? yeah it was not something that you could really wing and mm-hmm. you know so stuff like that just to make just to make things a little bit more novel to make things a little bit more interesting and then when we were doing the the evening show that's when <laughs> things started to get a little bit raunchy and we <laughs> we, we used to have this uh we, we'd have a we have, we'd have girls come over, and I I, I remember um, Mocha Uson, Uh-oh. <laughs> who at the time was part of the Mocha Girls, right? And yep. so they came over, and uh, we we would we, we played this game called Pass the Manana. Okay, uh-huh. so the background music was the the song from from um, from Sesame Street, which goes Manamana. Yep. Okay, so when when the so what what they had to do was they had they were they were holding a, they were holding a vibrator, which was in the shape <laughs> of a banana, and when the music stops, they had to remove an article of clothing, right? Right. And so so stuff like that. We we did we did things like that, which were really you know, which I think got us in trouble. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I think I've seen the video because like I remember you and I talking about that particular story at um, at sound design uh, one of the first times we met. And then not long after that, I came across the video clip of that uh, of that segment on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and and so yeah, we had we had other guests uh, try and do the same thing and. It was, it was just, yeah, that, that was... It was uh, a different time. It was a different time. <laughs> that's, that's the type of stuff that probably would not fly anymore, uh, even in this country, in, in yeah. <laughs> uh And, not, well, not too many people, uh, we, we didn't get a lot of guests who, who would be game for that kind of stuff, but, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was fun while it lasted. But we were, I mean, the point was, I mean, we were really trying to do, we were trying to push the boundaries of, of uh, what people were were we're listening to on on air and i i you know i i don't know if it resonated with our our listeners we didn't have i, I think the reason why we we got away with it was because uh we, we didn't have that many listeners <laughs> and i don't think the k the the kbp was was uh was listening to our show so we we didn't get a slap on the wrists or anything from them. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and and um what else did we do? Just a whole other bunch of stuff that was that was really oh, just we just wanted to do things that we found fun. So right. it was it was mostly acting and singing and you know doing all that kind of stuff. And that was really. You, fun. you mentioned and, that and, the run was ultimately short lived, and mm, yeah, um, right, because you had to you had to leave and focus on the uh, on your family business and your time yeah. as a voice actor. And mm-hmm. uh, did you ever come back to radio after that or did you ever flirt with the idea of returning to radio or was that the end of the end of the radio run for you well when play when rt turned into play uh they got me to come in as the station voice so i did mm-hmm. i i was doing imaging for for play during its first year and then and i was doing that i was doing that for free <laughs> oh wow so it wasn't really a, a paid gig uh but you know i mean because i i really just wanted to help help out uh, but I didn't have the luxury of time anymore to 
to be a, they 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 wanted me to join again but it just it just um it it just couldn't happen so you know mm-hmm. i i just recorded from home <laughs> instead so that was, this I was think, around early... 2012 if i remember correctly because that's when yeah. the reformat happened yeah correct Hello, fellow podcast listeners. Hi, my name is JC Tevez. Just dropping by uh, to say hello to you. I do have a podcast if you want to listen to it. It's called Tevez of the Best. I just talk about my own life. But you might learn something new if you stick around over there. I just try to make it relatable. So it is available wherever you listen to your favorite podcast on Podcast Network Asia or whatever you listen to. Okay, so maybe after this one that you're listening to, give this one a shot. Tevez of the Best, thanks. And see you there. Later. So... Now that you're uh, doing voice acting full time, um, mm. when does the idea of standardizing and professional uh, professionalizing the industry come in? Because I remember I came across Vocal Alliance, I think in 2017. So by that point, you, you guys had been pretty established. But when did that idea come to be? Okay, so uh, it was around 2016 when 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 that happened. As a as a voice talent, there were certain things that I think were questionable. Things like you know the fact that we weren't ever signing contracts, and so we never knew what we were actually getting until until we received the check, and you know that's not that's not the ideal ideal situation. And and the problem was voice talents weren't in direct control over our own rates, and we were instead like subject to the arbitrations made by the different studios who are acting as agencies on behalf of us. And mm-hmm. and the rates varied wildly from one production house to another, with some just following certain rules that others weren't, right? And it wasn't necessarily anybody's fault. It's just that's that's how things that's how things are when there isn't any standardization. Uh, well, there was some you know standardization to a certain extent, but not everybody was following it, and yep. so. We wanted to we wanted to rest back control of our own rates and so and and make sure that you know the production houses were were operate were were on a more level playing field you know when it came, when it uh, came to rates um, because the I think the the practice then was some production houses would would charge the client a, a very minimal amount for for talents so that yeah. they could use that as you know, to leverage uh, as leverage during the bidding process. So, so these these production houses would sometimes bid for projects, right? That's basically how it works. Um, right. And and so sometimes the lowest uh, the lowest the people with the lowest uh, asking price would win out. And yeah, and so they would compromise our our rates as well. And so and and <laughs> that's why some people were were getting paid uh, a, a big amount in one in one studio and then a a smaller amount than another, and so there was never any standardization. And so, and I'm 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 not talking about the big production houses. Uh, uh, I'm talking about like every everywhere. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so this was uh, this is being done on on such a large scale, and so we wanted to we wanted to win back control of of our own rates and and determine what they should be. And so, yeah, uh, that's the reason why we started Folk Alliance. Uh, and, and we understood also at the time that in order to demand a standard rate, we had to make sure that we met the standards of quality, right? 
Mm-hmm. So that's that's basically it, it. It all comes in the same package. You can't yeah. you can't demand a certain rate and ha- make and have your output, you know, as as poor as you know somebody who is not was not experienced, right? And and so right, we took it upon ourselves to become an educational institution as well. So that's that's basically how it all began. The veterans of the voiceover industry came together for the very first time in in decades and formed the association. And I, I did a lot of I did a lot of studies. I did a lot of research on on rates from other countries. I we we did a lot of research also on you know the history of 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 talent fees that dated back all the way until the the, the late 90s yeah. and yeah and eventually things just came together and we were able to propose a a a, a, a rate guide for the industry which they which i i, right. I believe at least 70 percent of the advertising industry is now has now adopted it so it's you know it was a step in the right direction i think what was the response? Um, I guess this is a twofold question. Uh, first off, what was the response among the veterans when they found out that you and um, a bunch of people or a bunch of other veterans wanted to get together and start an association like this? And the other half of the question is, what was the response of the advertising industry or of okay. the production houses? That's a really good question. Um, well, for one thing, you know, a lot of voice talents were were. For the idea of standardizing rates, um, mm-hmm. yeah, because we were, we were, we were all like, we were all lost sheep. We were yeah. all, uh, and not only that, we were, we were lost sheep, and we were acting as lone wolves also in, in, in a very, uh, in a very weird industry, <laughs> right? A lot at the time, a lot of people just kept to themselves. They didn't really interact with with anybody else with any other voice talents but at the same time we were it, it was uh we, we really didn't know how to navigate the the industry the way we do now so yes we were like lost sheep and lone wolves at the same time the response from the from the voice talents the veterans was very positive of course you know they had been attempting to form uh, not necessarily a union, but an association also in the past, but it, it never came to fruition because of politics, because of maybe other reasons, but it was attempted in the past. And I think the reason why it worked uh, this time was, well, for one thing, um, you know, Facebook made it very easy to form groups, right? To form communities. Yep. Um, people were online and it, it we didn't have to meet in, in, uh, we didn't have to have meetings. We could just do everything online and, and communicate that way. So, yeah, that was a big advantage. And then, well, you know, there from the advertising industry, of course, there was a lot of pushback. You know, that, that was something that we expected. Because anytime that you try to standardize anything, there will always be those who don't agree. Right? And, you know, so, some people thought that the rates were too high. Some people thought that the rates were too low. So the fact of the matter is the rate guide, at least in its current form, okay, when we when we formulated it, it was really just meant to reflect what the industry was accustomed to, okay, or what was accustomed to, to paying. And the present rule set that 
they were abiding. So we 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 didn't want to rock the boat. We didn't want to at any time that you try to push an agenda or or anything like that, there'll be a lot of pushback, right? And so we had to be careful when when developing this. We couldn't impose our own biased opinions about what the rates should be. We simply deferred to the the experts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we consolidated the the data. So yeah, we didn't want to shake things up uh, because also this was like the first time that this was being attempted. Yeah. Um, and I was shocked when I found out that an association like this existed, and I'm really thankful. Um, as someone who's uh, just, you know learning the ropes and and trying to find my footing in in this different industry, that uh, this association exists. So I'm personally grateful for the, all the work that you guys do. Right. Uh, thanks. I mean, it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot of sleepless nights. You know, just knowing wh- what our place is in this whole um, universe. Uh, that that required a lot of digging, a lot of a lot of research, a lot of a lot of negotiations. Also, eventually, we we had several iterations of the of the rate guide, and then we finally landed on on version two point four, which became the de facto rate guide that that that's being used right now by the industry. And and so, it's it's bound to change soon. the The thing with this rate guide is, you know, rates change. The numbers will change with time. They will change with economic pressures, social pressures, and all that. But it, the the rate guide was simply meant to reflect whatever the the rates were at that particular time. So yeah, and I'm um hopefully hopefully more people <laughs> uh, follow it. It's it's that's that's another hurdle that we're trying to to get over. I mean, you know, there one of the reasons why we put the group together was to combat you know this this the, the rampant undercutting that was happening in the industry so there yeah. are there there are other production houses out there who have been lowballing talents for for so long and not not realizing you know i i don't know if it if they were aware of the the real rates or if they were just operating under the assumption that those the the rates that they were giving giving were correct but you know based on our research that that wasn't the case and and so there's there's a lot of pushback also from those people who have gotten used to paying so low and yeah and t- taking advantage of of a lot of newbie talents um mm-hmm. and so yeah you know that those are the things that we still have to to fight against or or at least educate people on I guess as we wind down here, um, I, I want to get into your, in, into the other things you do within the voice industry, within the association as as a mentor to a lot of people. Because uh, like, I, I guess I can share this, like every couple of weeks or so, uh, you hold online workouts for, uh, every week for now. voice actors. <laughs> every week, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now that we're all yeah. stuck at home, right? Uh, so it, it's a great platform for us to, uh, to keep learning, to keep training uh, on our craft and, and, and everything. How's that like for you now? You know, you're doing this, you're taking time out of your weekend to teach us and we don't even pay for it. So like, it, it, it must take a lot out of you. And I, just, I guess I just wanted to get into your thoughts and insights about that. Well, okay, because this this whole thing that we're doing is is so is so new, you know, um we really there's a lot that we have to introduce to the industry, I think. So, you know, uh, we wanted to make the barrier of entry as low as possible and and just get them accustomed to 
you know, this idea of training online and getting feedback from their peers, uh, you know, that, that kind of stuff. I'm hoping that they can replicate it in the future. Uh, do more of, you know, like I, ho I hope this practice mushrooms the way it has in, in, in the United States, right? Because this is, this is basically how people learn in the States. They, they do online via workouts. You know, which which I I had the privilege of of doing for many years, uh, and still get to do uh, up to this day. Mm, I, I think, you know, lifelong learning is is super important to to voice talents, and if we want to be able to compete on a more global scale, we've got to get better. And um, the only way that we can really demand that our rates are the way they are is if we all improve as as talents and here's the thing so you know there are a lot of people who want to be voice talents they're they're i i think in in the past few months alone i think our numbers shot up by at least 300 <laughs> you know so we're, we're now at about a thousand three hundred members in in vocal alliance you know um and if if you want to if if you want to separate yourself from from, you know, people who just want to sort of like give it a shot or, or, or even, or even if you want to separate yourself from even stuff like AI voiceovers, uh -huh. you've got to really up your game and that's becoming a growing trend, you know, and it's, it's, it's threatening a lot of jobs in a certain way because clients will, will go for the, the, the lowest cost you know, when it comes to their advertising and their promotions. And a lot of them don't realize the, you know, the, the kind of brand equity that a voice talent brings and, and what, what it does to humanize them. And so that's, that's been my advocacy. That's been my, you know, just having people understand that you have to get better if you want to, to if you want to deserve the rates, you know, that have been established. And we really have to separate ourselves from the rest of the pack and make start making people understand that hindi lang lawa ito, that that there is that this thing that we do is a lot more technical and a lot more complicated than than people realize. Uh, mm -hmm. It it requires years and years of experience to be able to do a good job and to be able to do what the the client wants. And having that skill set demands a lot of practice, a lot of study, a lot of hard work. <laughs> so it's not something that you can just do like that. And, and that's what I, I try to teach people. And I try to teach them the techniques that I've learned over the years for my other mentors. And eventually, of course, you know, we, we do plan to charge for it, you know, just at least to keep the, the lights on. Um, we, we're not. I'm, I don't see it as a big money maker for for me. I just I just want to be able to continue doing it and 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 uh, you know because I mean I I I'm still paying for things out of my own pocket. <laughs> yeah, so it's never ended. I, never I think stopped. I think it's a I think it's been a, a habit of mine. <laughs> Pretty sure there's a pattern there. I, I'm beginning to spot it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping, okay, so there's this, this whole idea of uh, this philosophy of givers gain, 
mm-hmm. and that if if um, you know the more you give, the more the more you'll end up uh, receiving as well. And and so hopefully some somewhere down the line it it pays off somehow. And it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to necessarily be in in monetary value. Uh, if if I can if I can see uh, a voice talent soar to you know. I don't know, be able to to get work from the States and, and get known and, and something like that and know that I had a hand in it, I'd be super happy and that would be enough for me. <laughs> that would be so cool. Um, but we don't yeah, do this for fame. Bad, uh, at, yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not a bad goal. But, you know, as voice talents can say, I mean, this is a pretty thankless job. We don't do it for, for fame. Nobody knows who we are. Uh, we never yeah. get credited. We never, there's never been like an awards uh, show for for voice talents uh, we really do it because well we we love it and and because it puts food on the table those are two things that that make this job you know viable the fact that it's it's fun and that it's lucrative because it can be it can be very lucrative uh and and that's what i'm hoping for the for the rest of of our for our members you know that they that they that they make a living. And so one of the things that I really want to be able to do is get more jobs for people, you know? So I post a lot of auditions that I, I stumble upon, um, or mm-hmm. pe- like a lot of people go through me to, to post their, their, their jobs on, on the group. I don't even audition for them anymore. <laughs> I just make, I just want to give to the community because people need it. People need the jobs, right? People need to make yeah, money. Especially in this time. Especially right now, I mean, I I'm a little bit more, I guess I'm in in a way, I, I I live a more comfortable life. So you know, well not not really. I'm I I I still struggle just as much as anybody else. Uh, but I I think there are a lot of more people out there who need the job the jobs more than I do. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's why that's why I I'm I'm trying very hard right now to get more jobs more projects for, for people. And I'm hoping that if anybody listens to this, you know, that they choose to post their auditions on our page more often, I guess. It'll be helpful for sure for, for all of us. Yeah. So I guess to close yeah. here, I want to ask, uh, or I want to ask you to uh, tell the listeners where they can check out your work with Vocal Alliance, uh, the work that the group does, or if there's an aspiring voice talent out there who just wants to learn or have an opportunity to break into the industry, where can they go and what can they do? What can, what can they check out? Oh, well, right now, I mean, we have we have the website. It's, it's VocalAlliance.com. But if you want to join our closed group, just type uh, Vocal Alliance Community on, on a Facebook search. And you should see either our public facing page and then the, the closed group. So try and join the closed group, uh, answer the qualifying questions and we'll welcome you. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. There isn't really a high barrier of entry. <laughs> Just answer the questions <laughs> truthfully. <laughs> I can speak to that. <laughs> yeah. We, we want to make sure that the members are, you know, they, Another thing, another thing, the reason why we, we have these qualifying questions is because we want to make sure that people join out of their own volition and not, you know, we, we have like 130 people who are waiting in line to get in. Some of them invited by other people. Others, uh, they just, you know, clicked on join, but they didn't bother to answer the questions. So we we want this to be, you know, 
something that you really take seriously and not just join just for the heck of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, where can our listeners uh, follow you if they want to um, you know, know, know more about your personal projects or send you a DM <laughs> to ask questions directly? Because I, I, I'm sure that there's somebody who might uh, have had a question out of our conversation and they just probably want to hit you up directly. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm, I'm I'm a bit of a private person, so I I I I, <laughs> I don't I don't really like. I have an Instagram, but I don't use it. Um, oh, that's okay. I have Twitter, but I, I don't really I don't really use it. I I I'm on Facebook, but the only <laughs> the only time I ever get, get to use it is for verbal clients. <laughs> I rarely even post on my own page. Again, like I'm not it. it this this whole thing of being a voice talent, I I love the fact that we we, I, I love the anonymity. <laughs> so, so but if people really want to follow, if people really want to like see my work and, and stuff like that, I, I guess you can check out my YouTube channel. You know that's where I post my VO portfolio and and some other works for Nickelodeon. I mean it's it's not really fleshed out. Maybe eventually we're going to start the a channel me and Don we're planning to resurrect the show of static interference. Um but but yeah, just uh look for Robbie Joseph. That's R O B I Joseph is my last name and yeah, that's that, that's it. Um, I'm, I'm bound to pop up on YouTube. All right. There you have it. Uh, Robbie Joseph, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and for everything that you do. Um, I, I've said it previously on the podcast, but I just got to say it again. Everything that you and, and Vocalliance does for us in the industry and all the knowledge, the insights, the experiences you're able to share with us, um, it, it we can't even measure it with a number because it, it's so, so helpful and so valuable. And I'm just in, in awe and in appreciation of everything you guys do so thank you thank you so much for having me man it's it's an it's an uphill battle there's still a lot of mountains to to get over um but it's a start at least this is where it all begins i'm so just happy to be part of the team <laughs> thank you for being part of it man all right thank thanks, you so Robbie. much thanks again to robbie joseph for joining me on deck and for being extremely generous there we go again with that word with his stories his insights and most importantly his time and if you want to check out all the rest of the work that he does with vocal alliance check out their facebook page at facebook.com slash Big shout-outs and thanks as well to my producer for this episode of the podcast, Nikai Locanias, and the rest of the Podcast Network Asia family for bringing these podcasts to you. And they're working double-time, even triple-time sometimes, just to make sure our feeds are constantly refreshed with content, especially in the time of the pandemic. If you want to know more about everything we've been doing on Podcast Network Asia, just check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Podcast Network Asia and on Twitter at Podcast Net Asia. Check out that sweet new logo as well. As for me, though, you can follow me on social media at underscore Stan C on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. It is facebook.com slash online. You can also check out my other podcast, The Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, which I co-host alongside Ro Moran, Raf Camus, and Chino Liao. And we've had a special lineup of guests on our hashtag Road to Batista. We've had Senator Bamakino, Jake Cuenca, and Kelvin Yu and Jazz Nicolas of the Itchy Worms on our most recent episodes. And you can check all of that out on Spotify. Just search for The Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Best believe we're the first result that'll come out. That's going to do it for this episode of On Deck with Stan C. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope I've earned the privilege of your time.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.